your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. Congratulations to the Lakers. For the sixth time in program history, they are the national champions. Grand Valley has its third national championship in four years. Grand Valley State celebrating a national championship in Division II. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Anchor Up Podcast presented by Metro Health. Your health, our passion, Jake Levy, Tim Knott here with you after another great weekend of the return of GVSU sports, men's and women's basketball, both playing a couple of games last weekend. Track and field, hoping hosting the Bob Eubanks Open, plus swimming and diving, competing at home as well. So a busy, busy weekend. Tim, I know we had a lot of hours logged here at the GVSU Fieldhouse. Loved every minute of it. How you doing? Uh, great, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's great to be back in sports. Uh, we're in the arena right now uh, where you're going to be doing the game, uh, radio and TV That's right. this weekend. Volleyball practice uh, about to start. Second day. Um, second day of volleyball. Soccer's so had their meetings. Of, Falls sports are underway. Falls, Spring sports are about <laughs> to get underway. And winter Plus our winter sports are in the thick so, of it. So we have a, a plethora of things going on, which is fun. You know, we, we, we talked about not having sports and to come up with di- different things, and we were kind of getting tired of that, um, of, of those things. To You know, it, it just was, you know, time to move on, and uh, we're moving on. So inauguration day was yesterday. Um, so that uh, – we have a new, a new era, new era, and uh, we're ready to get moving forward. That's it. Today is Thursday, January 21st. On the podcast today, we have Deputy Athletic Director Doug Lipinski, and we talked to him a lot about that, filling the void of the 308 days between sporting events. We talk about the move forward, the growth of the brand, a lot of really exciting stuff to talk about. And, you know, Tim, I think you and I might take it a bit for granted being involved in it every day all that goes into that, all the behind-the-scenes work that goes into it. But it was really cool to actually kind of talk about it with Doug and bring it to the forefront of how much goes into not only building a brand but being cautious of it basically every day in, day out, taking care of it almost like a child. It is. And, you know, we're in a unique position here too with uh, Grand Valley State University, where we're located, who we are within the demographic of the city in which we reside um, in terms of we are a extremely large school amongst a bunch of Division three and NEIA schools for the most part, yet the state has, and we're going to talk about this in the, uh, with, with Doug, you know, you have Michigan, Michigan State, which are the big boys. Then you have the MAC, the MAC schools th- in the state of Michigan. And if you look at the number of schools located within a stone's throw of Grand Valley State University, it's crazy. And, and you're fighting for those fans. You're fighting for those dollars. And uh, Doug's going to talk about, you know, how do you do that? You know, I mean, you know, we're – we're a large school, but we, yet we we are considered among the small schools because we're Division Two. Right. And you know how how do you fight that that stigma and differentiate yourself, uh, you know, to to become one of those max schools. And, Doug's and, and, talk, in the eyes of the beholder. Right. Doug's going to talk all about that. It was a great conversation, and we were excited to bring that to you. But nothing small about what happened in this field house over the weekend. No. Grand Valley State women's basketball goes in against Ashland, a new chapter of that Grand Valley-Ashland rivalry that's been so great over the last six, seven years. You know, I go back to my first year here, Taylor Parmley in that game against Ashland. Natalie Koenig had a chance to beat Ashland, snap that 80-game winning streak, wound up losing in overtime in disheartening fashion, then turn around the next year, beat Ashland twice, including that Natalie Koenig buzzer beater at their place. 
but eventually find out, you know, Ashland wins a national championship. The Grand Valley's right in the thick of things. Ashland's what stands in Grand Valley's way of a championship one year, Grand Valley vice versa the next. So many great storylines. And both teams, you know, Ashland loses their top three, Grand Valley loses all their starting five, and you have to try to reload here and do it all over again. And, and I don't know about you, Tim, but I still felt a little bit of that juice oh, of the yeah. Ashland-Grand oh, Valley. Yeah. And not even just to say a little bit, you still felt like it was Ashland. Yeah, it was. You know, well, first of all, if you look at – who who has busted the streaks of Ashland University the last three years? Grand Valley. Every time. Every time. Uh, every streak they've had from overall wins, GLIAC wins, home wins, back to last year where they were undefeated, we busted their streak again with uh, GLIAC and overall wins uh, last weekend. Very very refreshing, and then you know we uh, we kind of own own this court and uh, w you know versus Ashland and um, but there's a lot of juice. You could tell. I mean. Th those kids know the rivalry amongst each other. Ashland knew, Grand Valley knew. Uh, you know, you, you're a part of those games the last few years. Uh, maybe these players weren't integral, integral, you know, pieces in those games. Uh, they were more of a reserve role, but they understood the significance of what was going on. Ashland came in ranked number two in the SIDA um, uh, poll, Grand Valley number seven. So you definitely know the significance. They had won 30, 33. 33 in a row, so not anymore. No, Grand Valley won both games over the weekend against Ashland, beating Ashland back-to-back -back games. It, it bears repeating. We talked about it on the broadcast. We talked about it in the post-game recap. But Ashland had not lost back-to-back -back games. And this is a tip of cap to them, by the way, not even the Grand Valley as much. Right. It had been almost six years to the day since the last time that Ashland had lost two consecutive games in women's yeah. basketball. It was back on January 10th and 15th of 2015 when they lost at Michigan Tech and at Walsh in back-to-back -back LEAC games. So unbelievable streak for them. And, you know, Jody Johnson, who's currently an assistant coach on that Ashland team, she never lost two consecutive games in her entire collegiate career, to put that into perspective. You know, and uh, Mitch Ashcraft, uh, I looked this stat up. I believe Ashland in the last seven, eight, six, seven years has lost seven or eight games. Grand Valley is five of them, four, four of them. Four, yeah, over half of them in terms of in terms of losses. So, you know, tip of the hat to the uh Ashland for their success, but the Lakers, uh, you know, and especially when you consider um, Ashland had some returners, you know, starters back. We did not. Yeah, Annie Roshak, I mean, she was incredible last yeah. year as a freshman. She would come in for Sarah Loomis, and there was no drop-off. You yeah. knew she was going to be the next exactly. wave. Exactly, and, you know, our our kids played so well. And, and to, to do it on back-to-back -back days, I mean, which I think is even more impressive, uh, you know, to beat them back-to-back -back days, Um uh, to withstand that, that, that barrage in the second half. And to do it in different ways. So the first game, the offense, a little bit bigger early on. Brooke McKinley hit five threes for the Lakers. That was massive. Hannah Coolis putting in those 22 points or 18 points for the Lakers while Brooke put in 22. Grand Valley got some big pieces from the outside shooting, and then they held on. They had led by as many as 14 in the third quarter. Ashland went on a 14-0 run to tie it, but Grand Valley never trailed. Wound up pulling out the win. Then the next day, it was a kind of chasing Ashland for a while, mm -hmm. and it took some freshmen. Riley Brisball comes in, has nine offensive rebounds, puts the first double-double of her young career. Hadley Miller was incredible off the bench as well. You look at what the Laker bench did in that second game to really give the Lakers a boost, and just the different ways that Grand Valley was able to win, and that's one of the things, you know, we talked to Doug about the chance to reinvent with the two classes that haven't seen uh, you know, a Grand Valley football game yet. This Grand Valley basketball team also reinventing with so many new pieces, and it was cool to see how different players stepped up on different times and different key moments in each of those two games. Inter interesting that you say that because I was looking at the box scores. Grand Valley State in, that, in those two games had seven different players reach double figures. Mm -hmm. I, think, I mean, think about it. So, you know, 
players that uh, scored double figures in the opening game. You had Kula, Stanton, McKinley, and Spitzley. Right, uh, your starters. Your starters. In the second game, only one starter reached double figures, yep. but off the bench, Bisball, uh, Hadley Miller, Sammy Gerald, and Spitzley again in double figures. So you talk about, you know, um, and yeah, Spitzley's the only one that did it exactly twice. Spitzley's the only one that did it twice. So other teams are going to see that and say, well, who do you focus on? I you, mean, you don't and, know. And, and this team needs that. This team, this team, you know, Spitzley, I think, is your bell cow uh, because of her experience, and, and she's an outstanding player. But it's going to be different players. It's going to mm -hmm. be different point guards, different forwards, different centers. Um, you know, it was, it's funny that uh, uh, Courtney Charland, she came up with some huge charges taken in that she game. She took three charges and, and in the two games, two of them coming within the last minute of huge, regulation in huge, massive, massive yes. moments. All of them against Danny Roshak, yes. too, by the way. And so the Gleak Player of the Week. Yeah, the Gleak Player of the Week. I think the Lakers will take the two wins. Yeah, I think, for sure. uh, you know, we'll take the two wins over the Gleak Player of the Week. So, uh, just an outstanding performance. A lot of fun. Um, this team is fun to watch. The, the coaching is such at, at, at a high level. When you look at uh, coaches around the country, you are we are so fortunate have Mike Williams and Phil Sayers on that, you know, leading the way. Um, just they, they do an outstanding job. Yeah, and yeah. Carrie Pickens did a nice job on the Ashland side too. Remember, they lost Sophia Fortner, their point guard, late in the first game. Mm -hmm. She did a nice job of reworking it to get them ready to play in game two. Of course, Annie Roshak, who didn't start the first game, she had an ankle injury the first week of the season, so she came off the bench, scored 32 points yeah. in 23 minutes. So, of course, she was going to start the next game, and they made her a real focal point the entire time. Lakers respond late, get the stops they need down the stretch to win that one. Hadley Miller hitting two clutch free throws with three seconds left, which is awesome to see a freshman do. And by the way, that, those are the last two ever regular season games between yes. Grand Valley and Absolutely. Ashland as Gleak opponents, as mm -hmm. Ashland's on their way over to the GMAC when this year is done. And that's the same for the men. And Grand Valley had to go down to Kate's Gymnasium, which is not an easy place to play. But Grand Valley has on the men's success. side has had some success. Yeah. They had won three straight games down there going into the weekend. They won the first one. 65 to 52, but then turn around and fall it for the first time this year. 65 to 61 in the second game, in a game where neither team shot particularly well. But I think Tim, we're going to see this a lot on the men's side too. When you got two rough and tumble teams like Ashland and Grand Valley, are you're going to see some sluggish bodies towards the end. So Grand Valley now three and one on the men's side. Just to recap, four and zero on the women's side. But the men played as about as well as they could against that Ashland team that likes to rough it up, that likes to beat him up. And quite honestly, you know, the Lakers probably feel like if they just shot the ball just a little bit better, they could have come out of there with two wins. Yeah, you, you know, you, when, you, when you look at that box score, um, you're considering you lost. It was tied at 59. You lost 65-61 in that second game. Um, and Jake Van Tuberken had three points. He was in foul trouble, picked up some ticky-tack fouls there in the early going. And really, he never really got into the flow of things after that. You know, and, and for this team to be good, Jake has to be in the flow. He has to be one of the focal points. Um, but, uh, you know, so you really felt like, I, I know Coach Wesley felt like, you know, when they tied it at 59, hey, we can squeak this out of here, you know. and Unfortunately, that feeling didn't last very long no. because Delion Brown they hit that three to tie it on the ensuing possession. Yeah, Brandon Haraway yeah. hit a 6-3 of the game or something like that but, to put them back in front for good. But we, talk about, we talked about if you can hold serve at home and you can try to sneak out two wins and then split on the road, that's a, you know, that that's gonna be, be that's gonna be unbelievable as you as as you progress through the season. Not only that, not to take anything away from the other teams in the GLIAC South, but just looking at the straight up rankings in the preseason coaches poll, Grand Valley's picked first, Saginaw was picked second, Ashland was picked third. Yep. So right out of the gates, you play the two teams that are picked right below you 
in the GLIAC South by the coaches. So the tough, one of the toughest schedules to start among anybody on the men's or women's mm-hmm. side in the GLIAC to play Saginaw and Ashland back-to-back weekends for the men is really, really difficult. So to come out of that 3-1, and one, you have to feel like, yeah, especially for a young, they're a veteran team, but they haven't played together all that much. No one really has. So to come out of it the way they are, tied for first place in the conference, have to be pretty happy about that too. Yeah, and, you know, your, your, your players that you need to perform – did did play well. I mean, you know, Christian, uh, uh, Deleon Brown, Isaac Gassman, um, Jordan Harris, all had their moments, and and that's what you're going to see from them too. Is that 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 starting five is going to score the majority of your points? But there, there you know, I, I, what I think was good, th- there was some production off the bench. Austin Braun came in in the second game, scored six points. Uh, Stephen Lloyd, um, you know, scored three points in the in the first and the second game. And in the first game, I'm not sure if he scored. Um, may scored two, but you know that's one thing which we talked about last week. That bench is going to have to start to uh, give contributions because in those second games, you're going to rely on those guys, especially our, our starters are playing a lot of minutes, and that, that's going to wear them down. But it, it's that way with everybody. I mean, everybody's playing back-to-back days. But uh, I was encouraged by the presence of the bench last week. They came in and did some good things. Yeah, Marius Grizzoulis knocked down a three at six foot eleven with the exactly. shot clock winding down. Yes. Was able to knock that in. You know, he was in my office today. He was quick to tell me. By the way, the bigs are you know they're four of five yeah. from beyond the arc this year shooting threes. Christian Negron's hit a couple of them. So yeah, hey, just so you know, that stretch five could be a real thing now for mm-hmm. Grand Valley men's basketball if they're trying to go that route. But no, you're right. It, it was a good sense of the bench trying to find themselves mm-hmm. and starting to get those legs under them. You know, you're. Remember, Austin Braun had that great game in the GLIAC tournament uh, quarterfinals last year against Ashland right here on this very floor. He turns around and plays well again in game two, kept the Lakers in the game. And, you know, one of the things we talked to when we talked to Taylor Johnson last week on this very podcast after the Saginaw games, you know, they were down big in both of those games. They were able to come back, and they always kind of felt like they were right there in it, and they trust their guys, and they know they're going to make their run. And having the bench guys able to supplement at Ashland this week, even though they didn't get both wins, I think that should help them, especially in their confidence, to feel like, hey, we got a chance every time we're in the game. It doesn't matter if we get down 10, it's basketball. And this team has the ability, has the talent to go on those runs, stay in every game, and they're going to be exciting to watch the rest of the year. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about we're four games in. Normally, at this point of the year, we're we're over halfway. Yeah, at this point, we're probably hitting the halfway point. I think right now there are six weeks left. In a real season, there would be six weeks left. Yeah, so – we're four games in. These guys haven't found themselves in terms of playing together. When you when you How look at you? this, uh, Jordan Harris and and uh, Del Brown, you know those guys. They're trying to they're trying to find their niche out there to play with Christian, Isaac, and Jake, and that's not easy. I mean, and you normally have the the preseason games, and you have the the you know where you can f- figure things out, and you figure out the role of your bench. Stephen Lloyd, Austin Braun, um, you know. Uh, Marius, I mean, you figure those things out. They're still figuring them out, you know, and they're and they're winning games while figuring them, figuring them out. That's what you want to do. Absolutely. And speaking of figuring it out, the Lakers, as a staff, as a department, had to figure out what to do over the 300 days without sports. It was fun to talk to Doug Lipinski about that. We're going to get to our interview with the deputy athletic director right now. All of our guest interviews are presented by Coors Light, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. All right, here he is, Doug Lipinski. 
And with that, we welcome on the Deputy Athletic Director at Grand Valley State for External Relations, Doug Lipinski, good enough to join us here in the balcony overlooking the GVSU Fieldhouse Arena. You can hear our women's basketball team doing some practice right now, so that's what you hear in the background. But, Doug, great to overlook this. Great to see some student-athletes playing in the foreground, first of all. Great to have sports back here. How you doing? Yeah, no, absolutely super excited that uh, all of our teams, after 300-plus days, of uh, getting prepared for this. This is super exciting for us uh, as, as staff and especially for our, for our student athletes. So it's, it's pretty cool uh, just to get them out here practicing. We've already had multiple games and uh, we've had a track meet and uh, swim meet. And so uh, uh, the excitement level around here uh, with school starting, uh, it's pretty cool. Before we get into your background and kind of talk about through that side of things, talk about a little bit from the external relations standpoint, what it's been like for these last 300 days. Obviously no sporting events, but as you try to keep your brand on the forefront of people's minds and try to do a bunch of other things behind the scenes that get the school ready to bring athletes back, what's it been like for you? Well, you know, you've heard it before, uh, a challenging uh, time. Um, but we have a great staff, and our staff really stepped up and uh, pivoted on, on what we needed to do and, and change everything to, to virtual and um, I was actually down in Birmingham, Alabama for the national championship, uh, track and field championships down there when everything was called and trying to find a flight up here and then, you know, taking a, a week or so and everyone trying to figure out what, what are we going to do, what, what, what's happening. And um, again, you know, our staff uh, came together. We put together a, a plan. It was it was unique in, in the operation. Hopefully uh, we, we never see this uh, again. But I think our staff really grew and, and uh, found new ways to – uh, create exposure for for our teams and our program and our brand with all this uncertainty going on if you can remember at that time period and then we kind of got our legs underneath us and uh, really got good at a, a lot of things that are going to help us in the future and uh, I know we're going to talk about it but just uh, you know a, a lot of data and a lot of uh, creativity and the direction that, that we want to go. And we've seen you take a lot of fun steps in terms of the brand growth of this this athletic department over the last couple of decades and it's interesting because you are a Laker for a lifetime you started out as a baseball player here back in the 90s so tell us first of all what it was like being a student athlete here in the 90s um it, it was um uh, in the cornfield no doubt about it <laughs> yep. um there was a drive through McDonald's that did not serve Big Macs um or shakes that is accurate uh it, it was the smallest McDonald's yep. you've ever seen in your life yeah, and so um, and then they built the new McDonald's. That, that was like uh, really big for for Allendale, and uh, but I've seen the evolution of of this institution um, and the the changes. Uh, the 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 recreation center has been upgraded, I think, three or four times now uh, to the capacity um, that it is, and uh, the innovation of the school through through all of our presidents. And there's been steps, and I know you guys have talked about it um, on this podcast. This podcast, one of the things that our team came up with uh, in the middle of uh, the pandemic, which has, you know, been great for 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 everybody. Um, you know, hearing the the stories of uh, former coaches and, and telling that story of uh, Laker history has been been really um, exciting to see and, and hear. And I get to uh, listen listen on the radio um, in my car when you guys are talking about different things, and I get to learn some stuff that. Uh, I, I didn't know about some of our coaches, and but it, it, it's changed so much over the last 20 years, and um, it's exciting, and it's going to change uh, even more uh, as as we go through this pandemic and and the challenges. And our school has really, um, really come up with some creative ideas 
uh, for us as an institution over the next couple of years. Well, let's talk about your, uh, you, you were a student athlete, you were a baseball player, switch hitting shortstop. Um, yes. And uh, back in the days of <laughs> Andy, Andy Chop. Uh, Ozzie Smith, Ozzie Smith, about, all, 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 all about, glove, all glove. Talk about this, and this is interesting. I think this is fascinating. Um, you taught yourself how to bat left-handed. Yeah, because I was so good at batting right-handed <laughs> that, that Coach Chop came to me after after my freshman year uh, in fall ball and said, "Hey, um, you you know you, you're you're pretty quick, um, and you know I, w- I was sub four down to first, and so if I can get you uh, if I can get you on the left-hand side, um, maybe you can kind of slap hit a little bit and and get yourself on base a little bit more." So my sophomore year. Uh, the, the fall, um, try to learn how to bat left-handed. Um, and then three years, the majority of my at-bats were left-handed. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that was, um, that was interesting. But, again, you know, that, that, that is um, who I am. Uh, coach said this is what uh, we need for the team. Um, I grew up in a blue-collar household, uh, three sisters. My dad worked 12-hour shifts um, seven days a week. Uh, at Ford uh, Motor Company, uh, he was a, a skilled tradesman, and so that's what I—that's why I knew. Coach said, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do," and uh, I, you know, I try to figure it out. And uh, trust me, I, I had, uh, you know, uh, what's the golden sombrero? Is that four strikeouts? Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I had I had a few days <laughs> that had three, um, but I will say I crowded the plate. I think uh, a couple of years I, I led you, the, you the the team in um, getting hit, hit, hit by pitches, um, yep. and uh, you know I'd, find, I'd find a way to get walked. Um, but again, you know, I would, my, my forte was 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 fielding, um, and I was just trying to stay stay on the field. That's a great first example of the innovation that you brought to <laughs> Grand Valley State <laughs> Athletics with learning how to switch it, and then you became a baseball coach for a few years yep. before switching over to marketing. Did you always know that the marketing side of things was in the game plan, or were you thinking coach? How did you get over from the coaching and athletic side to the administration side? So when I was growing up, I, I grew up in Sterling Heights, north of Detroit, um, and actually at high school went to Central Michigan and then transferred to Grand Valley. But, um, you know, sports marketing wasn't like it is now. So I thought I was going to be, well, I'll be a sports broadcaster. That was the only job I knew. I know that life. Uh, right? <laughs> so I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Central Michigan. I'm going to be a Which uh, has a great, sport, a great yeah. program yep. Central, yes. Um, Dick Edinburgh. And, yeah, and Dick the Edinburgh. Whole, and so. Yeah. I go there and uh, I take uh, a speech class each semester. I was there for three semesters, a year and a half, and um, you know, learned all the stuff. I, I uh, volunteered for the radio station and uh, the, the actual wire, right? That they came in the, yep. the 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 DOS printout, uh, and you'd have to read it. Um, so, Before my time, yeah. So I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was it was yeah. No, it was it was it was good. Um, that was AP UPI. Yeah, and so I, I realized, well, you know what, maybe. I don't want to be in front of the camera or in front of the mic. I'll try to do something, um, you know, <laughs> behind the camera. And so when I transferred to Grand Valley, I got into advertising and, and PR and um, great program. And then I graduated. And the only thing I, I knew I really wanted to do is I love collegiate athletics um, and I love baseball. Um, and there's part of me um, back then and now it's, it's just uh, flourished. I, I love education. I, I love being a teacher, um, coach. Um, and, and so, you know, sometimes uh, for our staff, I, I do a little coaching, sometimes I do a little teaching, probably do a little more coaching uh, than, than teaching, but because um, our staff's so smart and, uh, and, and what we're doing. I mean, so for us, um, it, was, it, it was something that I kind of grew into. But I was also the kid when I was growing up that would trace sports logos. 
mm. and you know imagine that I was you know Michael Jordan and, and all these things. Um, I just didn't know it was a career. So when I got the part-time uh, position as a baseball coach, it paid part-time. I had to work full-time. So I got into uh, marketing, advertising, sales. Which you were um, also doing concessions. Well, yes. So, yeah, as a GA. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so when the, the wellness company I was working for um, got bought out, um, I had an opportunity to come back and um, become a GA. Uh, the interesting part with that is I needed to get my graduate degree in 18 months because I wanted to be ready when all the head coaching jobs were open in, in April. So even so, when you took that spot, you were still thinking baseball. I was still thinking line. baseball, right? And so um, I needed to get 42 credits uh, in 18 months, and I took night classes 6 to 9, Monday through Thursday. I had a prereq on Wednesday for my Thursday class. Um, that, was, that was fun, talking to my professor about that, and she was uh, Margaret Walker. She was, she was great uh, with that, and I was able to do it. And then... Um, had conversations at the end of my four years that the assistant baseball coach was going to be uh, full-time. Um, the marketing director position opened up, and Tim Selgo, our, our uh, former athletic director, uh, came to me and, and uh, encouraged me to apply for that. Um, and then I had kind of two offers, and then I talked to Coach Lyon and, and, and Tim, and, and Coach Lyon was great um, and, you know, kind of pushed me and said, hey, you know, this is, this is going to be good for your career. So the ultimate plan that I had in my head, never laid it out, was I was going to be an assistant coach for five years, be a head coach for five to ten, and then get into administration. Right. And it just, it just happened a little bit earlier for me. Talk a little bit. You mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to discuss the differences that you see now between a what a marketing external relations unit looked like back in the late 90s, early 2000s versus now what they call external relations units that are much more all encompassing with communications and sales, marketing, tickets, everything kind of wrapped into one. Talk a little bit what you've seen the difference and what do you like more about today's uh, version of it? So let's go to the then and now, right? Um, then That's big it was me. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, then it was how me. it started. How it started. How it's <laughs> yeah, how it started. How it's now. Yeah. Okay, so then was me, um, and now it's us. Um, yep. So the external relations office. Now we took three years ago uh, a division one model, uh, kind of put everybody underneath the the same umbrella, and that would be your sports information, your communications office, uh, digital marketing marketing, promotions, uh, the digital side, social media has, has grown um, over the last, you know, five to seven years that it's, it takes up a lot of our work. That, that's probably um, the majority of the, the stuff that we, we do a lot of things, but uh, that's a constant uh, every day. And we, we really learned that uh, through the, through the pandemic. And so there, there creates some synergy now. And of course the school has changed um, and collegiate athletics and professional sports has changed over the time we're we're always going to be innovative and creative in in what we do we may not be the first person um doing something that's trendy but we surely won't be the last we'll let some of the big boys uh, filter it out and then we'll get we'll get involved and that just goes back to what our our primary goals are and our primary goals um it's related to our student athletes and give them the best possible experience and it's this cycle of helping each program and we're support staff so that they can recruit the best student athletes. Um, and then if you get the best student athletes academically and athletically, you may win a few games. They're going to do well. Uh, they're going to go into our society and prosper uh, and be alums. And so there's this cycle and you can't lose focus on, on why you're here. You know, you've um, obviously through the marketing promotions and the evolution of 
of also fundraising in terms of that's how we supplement the income for athletics is, is through a lot of what uh, is done with the video board. Talk about the, uh, you know, Grand, Grand Valley being, having, having Grand Rapids in that backyard. Allendale, you know, in, you, know <clears throat> you talked a bit about the evolution. M4, M45 from, from Grand oh, Rapids yeah. to, yeah. Yep. to Gra Allendale and, and, and kind of how that, you know, has encompassed your job. Well, I, I, so uh, I feel like this is kind of a history lesson on, on, Grand, <laughs> yeah, really. on, on the evolution of, <laughs> of Grand Valley, but you're absolutely right. A two-lane highway, um, Lake Michigan then changes to a, um, uh, to a what, four-lane. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, yeah, right. You know, yeah, sometimes we'll, but, um, and then we have our bus system between the mm -hmm. campuses, the downtown campus, um, exploding, obviously, because uh, we have the medical, uh, mile now, but I remember, uh, Gary Thorne came out, um, for a playoff game, football playoff game. Um, and he was running late because he went to the Grand Rapids campus. Yes, he did. And I think Chris yeah. Spielman was, Chris Spielman, it was Gary Thorne, Chris Spielman yeah. were in Delta state on Sunday night. And so he was a little bit late. He won that semifinal game, by the way. Yeah, he was a little bit late, and they were getting a little nervous uh, because he saw the big sign that said Grand Valley State yeah. University downtown, and then he was down there looking for the football stadium. Um, and, and actually, Chris Bielman got on the horn, and he was talking to him, and, no, you got to keep going another 10 minutes. Um, so we've had, a, uh, you know, the, the exposure of being at four national championships uh, on ESPN for football at the same time that the downtown campus uh, opened up and then our health sciences buildings uh, down Health Hill, the uh, Medical Mile. It's all come together. West Michigan is a great community. It's a giving community. It's a wonderful community to, uh, to live, uh, to uh, raise a family. The best sports, uh, the minor league town uh, yep. in America, uh, it continues to, to win awards, has great Fortune 500 companies here with, with Meyer, Spartan, Nash, your Steelcase, your Amway. Um, you have, you know, the craft beer scene with Founders and Bells and, and Kalamazoo. And so a lot of growth um, in this area. And Grand Valley's grown with it. And I think that innovation uh, and growth really excites us in, in, in what we do uh, and, and keeps what we call in athletics, we call energy juice. It, it keeps the juice flowing for us. I think one of the things that's synonymous with Grand Valley State is pride. Uh, you see it in these student athletes all the time. You see it in people that work for Grand Valley State Athletics. You see it for people that work at Grand Valley in general. What makes you most proud when you look at what's been built here at Grand Valley? You see what you've done in your career here. What are you most proud of? I think um, for me, it's the impact on the student athletes. Um, I don't, you know, Tim says this all the time. Um, you know, we don't win or lose games. Well, can I influence? Can I can I help? Uh, maybe get that recruit because of things that we do that you see on social media and we're very creative. Um, our game environment where, you know, if we have a home field advantage because we have 14,000 people there and our students are, are going crazy, if that influences. If we come up with a special promotion, I, I, I tell our staff this too, you know, the number one thing our student athletes uh, on their exit interview talk when they're, when they're talking about support, they don't talk financial support, they talk about seeing us at the games um, and the, the bus rides with their, with their um, teammates. And I said, well, if they can remember one of our promotions, that we did a, a blackout or we did some creative game, if that's one of their memories 20 years from now, then we made an impact uh, related to some of the, the promotions that we do. But I think at the, the end of the day, uh, I'm most proud of the positive impact that, that we can make on student-athletes. Well, I, think, I, think, I think one thing, and I think that, you know, it, it, Jake, you've done with radio, you've gone to other – all the venues 
mm-hmm. your uh, f- football and basketball in the, in the GLIAC and uh, even abroad down to Delta State. And, and one thing that, you know, you're, you're in charge of and, and, and we do a great job of is the in-game environment. And that's one thing you've really strived to make a difference in in terms of creating the atmosphere and the juice. Talk about what, what goes into that. Well, I, I think, one, um, you have to set the standard, um, and then you have to maintain it. And it's not always easy. Um, some things are more convenient to do, uh, but you have to you have to hold the line because you're creating a, a, a championship brand. Uh, we talk about championship excellence. Well, to be able to do that, there's people that are always watching in, in what you do. And people don't realize that. Our student athletes sometimes don't realize um, that there's kids out there that are 10 years old in the stands watching and be like, wow, that was really cool what he did. Or, uh, you know, why, hey, hey, Dad, why, why did so-and-so do this? And so you have to keep your eye on the ball uh, related to what you're trying to do. And for us, uh, in-game is really important to, to create that. And then also to declutter. And, and over my, uh, my tenure, we've done a lot of special events, um, you know, from the first football game ever at Fifth Third Ballpark uh, to our faux back, you know, Sawyer's game, whatever it is. We're trying to create uh, the opportunity to declutter in the market. And when you're a school like us, you're competing against all the professional teams. You're competing against all the other schools. Um, how do you get a few minutes on the television? How do you get a few minutes with somebody that is going to report on you? Obviously, nowadays with social media, we handle the bulk of that and in, in how we um, get the word out about us. And that's great. That's ownership. Uh, it's a lot more work. Um, it takes a, you know, um, a lot of synergy and, and collaboration to be able to do that. But at the end of the day, it's rewarding because we can see the results. Sometimes the results is sales sometimes it's attendance um sometimes it's just impressions because we're trying to do something um or it's a big thank you from a student athlete and 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 for us that's you know uh, that's why we do this speaking of taking ownership of your own message you know you look at what this program has done going to espn3 being one of the first division two programs to have multiple events on espn3 year in and year out and now the growth of the grand valley sports network which by the way quick plug this friday and saturday gvsu basketball on the grand valley sports network go to watch so you can check out how you can watch those games between the grand valley state men's basketball team and parkside but the growth of the sports network this is something that's been in the works for a couple of years now on your side talk about the development of it the idea behind it and kind of what the goal of owning your own network and bringing your brand with your own messaging as opposed to an ESPN3, which has that established brand, but you want to do the work to lean into growing the Grand Valley Sports Network instead. Well, I think, again, it's understanding the marketplace um, and seeing the trends and and what's out there and trying to um, make data-driven decisions. And uh, when you go through ESPN, we own zero content. Uh, we do the work. It's their branding. It's awesome. Um, you do, you're able to create a certain level of exposure, which, by the way, we, we still um, have a partnership with ESPN3. We will have multiple games and events on there. Uh, our um, signing day uh, football show will, will, be, will be on there, and so we're excited about that. But the creation of your, your own network, you complete control, like you said. The ownership is, is key. Uh, we don't really use a lot of third parties um, in, in what we do here. In external, we've we've always owned um, our rights, and for us, it's really creating a profile. Um, we do a lot, and we we have a certain level of data, but if you went down and we need to pinpoint who our fan is, um, we don't have concrete data to tell folks. As we move forward, 
today in, in media, digital media, um, we need to have a better understanding of who our fan is if we're going to try to grow and continue to grow because there's more competition. There's absolutely more competition um, out there for people to come to your event or watch your event. And if you don't know who your target audience is, and it can't just be sports fans or people that went to Grand Valley, yep, those all come into play. Um, this is really allowing us uh, the ability to collect that data and two, serve our customers. Now, we, we were having discussions related to track and field and, and in this time period and what may change and how we do a broadcast or a standard broadcast because uh, there may be a need or a want uh, related to what our customers want. And so for us, that, um, that's listening. And I, I think that's one of the downfalls of a, of a lot of um, marketing departments. They don't listen to their stakeholders. And we have to have our eyes wide open and, and try to listen to, to them and, and what they want. Which I think Grand Valley is in a unique position um, in terms of you're in a state. We have Michigan Michigan State. Those are the big boys. Then you have three MAC schools. You have Eastern, Western, and Central who are Division One institutions, and, and they draw from theirs. And then, and then Grand Valley State's lumped in, right or wrong, with the small schools. Even though we have an enrollment of 25,000 students, you know, we get lumped in. In Grand Rapids area alone, you have Hope, Kelvin, uh, Aquinas, Cornerstone, Davenport, another league school, and Grand Valley State. Grand Valley State really doesn't fit the demographic with those schools, yet we're lumped in with them, and you're trying to draw from the hockey basketball and yep. baseball minor leagues that's a you know you're trying to carve out your niche how do you go about doing that well one uh, we don't rely on anybody else and that goes back to what jake had, had talked about in in ownership um, social media uh, has leveled the playing field um, with with getting the message out but that's you know th there's a process in that um, yep we can post different things but if our following is really small or we don't know uh, how to post in the right times and, and the right messages and, and awesome graphics and, and videos that, that people like, then it's really not going to help us. And so it, there's an evolution. It's not just about one thing. There's multiple levels to, to, a, to a particular platform. Um, if you just want to take Twitter, you want to take Instagram, it's not the same thing. Someone's like, hey, social media. Well, no, you can't actually post the same thing. It's not going to get the same reaction. It's different demographics. It's having that understanding uh, and then creating that voice. And then it's, again, as I said, you know, how do you declutter the market? How do you get in the forefront? Well, you got to do something special. Um, and our brand is, is built on winning. And we have a national brand. There's no doubt about it. People know about us. But they know about us because we win Director's Cups. We win national championships uh, being a Division II institution. Uh, in the market, same thing. And so um, because of media cuts, maybe... Uh, a local TV station isn't going to come to our event, but if we're already covering it and we can give them the highlights, then we still get the opportunity to be on the sports broadcast because they're going to cut it out. They can't afford to send somebody here. So, again, you have to move with the market and understand the market uh, to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. And it's, it's just, again, a, a focus on, on what you're doing. I talk about plan your work, work your plan. Um, and going into this, you know, I had texted Jake and say, okay, give me a heads up of what we want to talk about. That's who I am. We need to have a little bit of an idea of the direction that we want to go, and then we'll, we'll put together the plan, we'll execute the plan, and we'll see if it worked or not. If it didn't, then guess what? We'll we, we, change, we change the plan. <laughs> yeah, in this case, in this case, we erase and, and do it over. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's a twofold message, first of all, that just to comment on what you said of not only the effort and the ability to adapt, but also the humility to understand that as other programs, as the sports industry cuts back maybe the media coverage, we are one of those schools, especially being out in Allendale, that might get cut in terms of our coverage. And that means we have to step up and do things on our own to make sure that we still get the coverage that we want. And uh, to go back to Tim's comment of we don't win games, we don't lose games in this department. We are our own separate team. If you could, before we talk about the future and now kind of wrap up on talking about what the future of the marketing and the branding of Grand Valley is kind of what your vision as the leader of that team and you know kind of what you would want out of a team to work together to create a win basically versus a loss well I, I think there's there's a handful of things um, one you have to hire good people um, they they have to understand um, the vision and so you, you have to um, explain what the vision is with that said we've gone through all this uncertainty uh, and even the best laid plan seems like it gets changed. Um, so that goes to number two. You got to be flexible. Yep. Uh, in this world, um, that is collegiate athletics. You 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 have to be you have to be flexible. You have to have a drive for success. Again, I don't win or lose games, but you know what? I want this to be the best anchor up broadcast podcast in the history of of this podcast. Okay, so for all those listeners out there, please share, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that. But the, the point is you need to have that drive uh, to be successful. And then collaboration. Um, and, you know, when you, when you build your team and you build a staff, you need to have experts uh, in an area. And, and my style is to hire good people and, and let them go. Um, and then I'll come back around and, and coach because I never shut it off. I see a billboard. I'm in the shower thinking about something. Whatever it is, I'm I'm always because I I, I want us to to continue to to prosper and and I, I talk about that continuous improvement philosophy, lifetime learning. People call it lifetime learning, um, and we have the ability here at this institution to be great. And there's we a lot of places have a lot of um, issues. Yeah, we have our issues, uh, but we can overcome our issues uh, if we work hard and we have a plan uh, and we have people that can execute it. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed uh, that, that we have a, a great staff. And then we have a staff that um, is grateful. And I think that's the, the part, you know, you had talked about it, um, Jake, and, and, and being humble. Uh, and I think there needs to be a sense of, of gratitude that we get to do this. We have the opportunity to tell stories about our student-athletes uh, and this wonderful um, uh, university and our athletic department and all these. That's, that's what it's about. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I enjoy uh, what we're trying to build here. Now, before we wrap everything up, let's look forward. Uh, I think everybody who's <coughs> dealt with the last 365 days can't wait to turn your attention to the future rather than focus on the uh, COVID lifestyle yeah. that's kind of become the new norm in the past. So now as Grand Valley comes out of this and intends to, as you said, we've come up with some stuff that we're going to carry forward into the regular future. Uh, as you look towards that future, what's kind of your mindset and what's your ideas for growth over the next, you know, next 365 days? Well, I think, you know, one, I just mentioned it, we have to be flexible. We have to understand where people are uh, and meet them um, there. So when you're dealing with corporate sponsors, there's a lot of them that, you know, they're not ready to meet face to face. So you got to do a zoom. Uh, you got to keep a, a good timeline going. Um, I think the biggest thing as we go to the fall is reintroducing ourselves to the community, reintroducing our brand. We're going to have two classes. We have the freshman class that will be sophomores next year and then next year's freshman class that have never been to a Grand Valley State football game. Mm -hmm. And so you have to take that, that mindset that 
basically half of our student body has never experienced that. Um, and so if there's something that we want to change, it's a great time to change that because half of your audience has never seen it before. Um, with that, there's a lot of detail that has to go into it to make sure that, that we do things uh, the right way. Next year, um, I've been telling our external uh, stakeholders as I meet with them, I'm using the word epic. I believe the energy uh, on campus from um, our president down to the senior management staff, down to all of our students, our student athletes, our coaches, uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement to start sports. We're starting sports right now, but it's an empty it's an right. empty arena, um, and, and, yeah. and, and having and having fans. Yes, there are going to be differences. We understand that. There's there's probably going to be things that are going to look a little bit uh, different. But our future uh, is bright. Uh, we just need to continue to concentrate on the things that are going to make an impact um, on our student athletes uh, and and impact on our goals. And we always set our goals. And, and next year is really reintroducing our brand and what we do to West Michigan. Well, really excited to get to work on that. First of all, excited to see the fruits of the labor down the line as well. We know you're really, really busy with all those meetings and all the uh, planning that comes with getting ready for next fall. So we appreciate a little bit of time this afternoon and uh, best of luck going forward. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Anchor up. Thanks. That interview with Doug Lipinski was brought to you by Coors Light, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. Jake Levy, Tim Knott back with you. And we talked about men's and women's basketball in the first half of our podcast here, but we can't forget about two other great events hosted on our campus this past weekend. The Bob Eubanks Open, getting indoor track and field underway and swimming and diving, sweeping Finley. Tim, let's start in the pool. Great effort on the diving board and in the pool for those Lakers. Well, some outstanding performances. Uh, three on the women's side, three divers qualified for the, for the NCAA championships. And on the men's side, one diver qualified for the championships. We had pool records uh, by Delaney Wiebrink in the 100 breast. She also won the 200 breast. She also hit a couple of provisional times in, in, the, uh, in that event. Uh, just some outstanding performances. Oscar Saria, our Oscar um, Saria Armengal, uh, an outstanding, outstanding uh, day um, along with uh, some freshmen that really stepped up. And, you know, it was the first time in the pool, first time in competition since the NCAA championships last year. And uh, we had some freshmen really step up and, and perform well. The returnees um, that, that came back also did well uh, in terms of the, the distance-free distance events. And so uh, I know Coach uh, Boyce was pleased. Um, that, you know, they're going to be going four, four straight weeks here prior to the week layoff be, be, before the GLIAC championships, which are going to be at the Holland Aquatic Center. So I know they were excited to get back in the pool. A couple of nice wins over Finley, uh, dominant wins um, for, for both programs. And so they, uh, you know, performed well in the pool. We got some uh, NCAA provisional uh, marks, uh, which uh, that's what you're looking to do because it's a, it's a smaller field this year. They're not taking as many. Right. Um, so, you know, in the past, you're trying to, you're trying to peak for basically two – twice before the NCAA championships. Before Christmas, you're trying to hit some of those marks. and then if Well, the timing's whatever, all different now too, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, well, it's changed a little bit. But, um, you know, you're, you're trying to uh, hit your mark, uh, get, hit that B, B cut. 
Um, so you, normally they would try to do it before Christmas, and then you're gonna if you don't hit it there, you're gonna do it at the Gleick Championships. Then you try to get as much rest in between and, and build your endurance back up for the NCAA's. You really don't have that this year. You don't have that pre-Christmas qualifying uh, uh, time. So you're kind of trying to do it throughout the year leading into those Gleick Championships to hit that mark where you can qualify f for the NCAA Championships. And so uh, I know they're doing some different things in terms of they're wearing their fast suits, and yes, there are fast suits uh, out there, which uh, are less resistant to the water, and so they're wearing those every weekend now. Uh, it, before you do it just maybe once or twice during the year uh, leading into a championship, but well, they're going to wear them more often because they're going to be swimming in some, some pools where they think they can qualify. So, um, it, it, you know, great start for them this weekend. They're going to the actually Holland Aquatic Center to compete against Saginaw and Hope. And uh, it's a fast pool, and they're going to look to qualify some uh, in individuals in, in some events. That's a great peg to also talk about what happened on the track and field side because, you know, usually Coach Jerry Baltus follows a similar strategy mm -hmm. in cross country. You know, they get all tapered down, ready to run in the NCAA championships, and then turn right around and open up indoor season going heavy so they can get those qualifying times and then pull back. Well, you can't do that this year because there was no cross country season. So they had to jump right into it with the Bob Eubanks open, and a few Lakers got some provisional times. Allie Ludge in the mile ran a four. 50-23, which got her a provisional qualification. The Grand Rapids native, you know, she's been great her entire career and now trying to get back to the Indoor National Championships. On the field, Judith Esamaya, another great start with the 18.9-meter toss and the weight throw. Just great numbers again. Those weight throwers have been great on the Grand Valley women's side. Of course, you remember Bobby Goodwin and the likes have been so good in the recent history, and she continues that trend. And on the men's side, of course, Justin Scavarda had another great showing once again, 1855 in the uh, shot put, then also a 19.40 in the weight throw. So a lot of good numbers for the Lakers in that Bob Eubanks Open as they get off to a hot start. The one nice thing for the track and field teams, they are hosting a lot of meets over uh, the next every few weekend. weeks. So <laughs> every there, weekend. there are some chances, but it was really nice to see some yeah. good numbers off to a good start for Grand Valley on the track and field side on the indoor side. On a side note, uh, I went to school with Justin Scavarda's dad. There you go. We went to high school together. Out in Holt. Out in Holt, Michigan. Pete Scavarda. So uh, I've known Justin for a long time. Good to see his parents, uh, you know, over over the last few years uh, come to the events. And Justin, what a great career that guy's had. I mean, he had he, he had uh, some labor surgery and a hernia surgery over the summer. Repaired, you know, to repair some, some career-long injuries. And he came out of the box strong and uh, hit that uh, qualifying mark, that a, a mark. And I know he's excited. And, uh, and you know, the throws team had an outstanding day. Well, another chance with the Mike Lentz Open coming up this weekend. And, of course, you can watch that on the Grand Valley Sports Network. We will also have coverage of GVSU men's basketball. You can watch it on watchgvsn.com. You can also hear the men's basketball games, ESPN 961, and the iHeart app on Friday. Remember, it's a special time this week. And then on Saturday, the radio station will change to talk 1230 WTKG on the AM side of the dial, still on the iHeart radio app. And, of course, you can watch both games pay-per-view watchgvsn.com and the Grand Valley Sports Network. So a lot coming up once again this weekend. As Tim mentioned, swimming's out in Holland. Track and field back to work here across the street at the Kelly Family Sports Center. So another busy week coming up this week. We're looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a, you know another busy weekend, but uh, we're excited about it, and uh, we're just happy to have sports back. And it's just great seeing these kids. You know, as, as we're out here today, we have basketball on one end of the court, playing two-on-two, three-on-three, well, actually one-on-one -on -one with three Three, three ladies. We have volleyball at the other end of the court, stretching, um, and you know, basically within a 
within about a five-day period here, we're going to have 18, no, we're going to have 19 of our varsity sports competing. Cross country is the only one that really isn't because they never have a season. However, they really are competing because they are doing the distance events. I was going to say, most the, of those cross country so, right. athletes so are also per sport, crossing over. Per sport, they're doing something different. Yeah, the only We're, ones that don't have an actual season probably are football. Yeah, and, but f football starts their yep. championship portion of their season in the in the spring. Oh, that they, doesn't mean they're not going to go hard. They're going to. They start. They start to. They started lifting yesterday. This morning was the first conditioning a aspect of it. So, are there um, any uh, big time transfers you want to talk about on the football side? Uh, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> on signing day, on signing day, we'll uh, we'll cover. Which signing day is coming up? Uh, February third. That's right. ESPN broadcast February third. Uh, Coach Mitchell loves his class that he signed, in which it's receiving a lot of acclaim across the, the Midwest. Yeah, over um, 20 signees that have gotten a lot of high oh, notoriety. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of course, you can go to GVSU football on social media and see some of the retweets and likes yeah. of some guys that have announced their own commitments. Can't announce anything officially nope. until signing day on uh, February 3rd, but a lot of excitement is boiling up for Grand Valley State football. And I, we got to give a big tip of the cap. We'll talk about it as signing day approaches, Tim. But what Coach Mitchell has done, we talked to him in that football special mm -hmm. about keeping the guys healthy through COVID, but how about the ability to recruit, the ability to take advantage of some opportunities, and that's going to be a fun football team to watch yeah, when is. the fall rolls around. It is. Uh, I know the excitement's building, and uh, they have the, the, the staff is outstanding, Coach Roundtree, Coach Rooster, um, just and Coach Olson, the, the new additions to the uh, staff. Outstanding job. The kids love them, um, and uh, they are excited to get moving here in this uh, winter, which normally they're kind of, you know, they're coming off a season. And, well, the excitement really is now just beginning because yep. they see that, hey, we're going to prepare. They're preparing for 2021 starting January 20th, or January 20th, rather, uh, with that first practice, and um, they're ready to move forward. Yeah, how interesting is that, that you get to use basically the entire spring now mm -hmm. as you're in season trainings. You have to dedicate all those hours. You know, you, you always think about the, the magician that you have to be to come up with a way to get the guys the work they need in the spring. Well, you know, of course, you have the spring game, quote-unquote, but yep. it's never nearly the same as no. the intensity of a football no, season. So to have the same intensity in terms of practice, in terms of hours available, in terms of the things you can work on and this technique you can get better at leading up to next year should lead to uh, kind of the opposite of what we've talked about with some of the winter and fall sports, having to kind of just go into things blind. These teams should be getting a ton of reps together and really start to put some things on paper. Yeah, and you're, you're, getting, a, you're getting different looks at kids. You're getting a, a more extended look without, as uh, I believe as Coach Hosler talked about, without a result in the in the immediate future. You know, you don't right. have that result, so you can really build and you can and you can try different things. You're not, you know, because you're not trying to win that game this weekend. Well, you can try for that two-week period of a, of a different position, a different approach, how you do things, because you're not worried about getting that win. Sure. At, you know, on, on the upcoming weekend. And on the flip side, like we've talked to a few coaches about, guys are willing to work on things without worrying about where they are in the yes, depth chart this no week. No There's doubt. not all that instant mm -hmm. pressure of if I don't perform at this level, I'm going to fall from two to three exactly. and not be able to – no, now it's just work on stuff, get better, mm -hmm. work on all those overall techniques. We can worry about the depth chart stuff in months from now. Exactly. So, no, 
lot of, lot of exciting times coming up here. For sure. we got to get back to work as we get ready for another busy weekend on campus. Again, men's basketball on the Grand Valley Sports Network this weekend. Go to gvsulakers.com for the full schedule. Appreciate you joining us for the Metro Health edition of the Anchor Up podcast. For Tim Knott, this is Jake Levy saying enjoy another weekend of GVSU sports. Coming up, we'll talk to you next week. And as always, Anchor Up. Oh, oh, oh.